Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs. Back on May 3rd of 2018, the Office of Special Investigations established its functional center by combining the resources, capabilities, and authorities that were formerly housed separately within then Region 7 and the Headquarters Squadron, formerly known as the Investigations, Collections, and Operations Nexus, or ICON. That streamlining moved the center closer to its overall goal of providing demonstrated value to the command at the speed of relevancy. And joining me today to discuss the state of the OSI Center is its commander, Colonel Vasanga Tilo, along with the Associate Director for the Law Enforcement Division, Mr. Mark Walker, Insider Threat Response Division, Special Agent Christopher Perez, and Investigative Psychologist, Major Heather Morris. Folks, all of you, welcome aboard. So great to have you all with us. Uh, and Colonel, uh, let's get right into it, shall we? I'd like to start with you and uh, get your perspective, sir, as the center's commander uh, for the last year or so. Uh, uh, the center obviously is the hub for the mission, many missions throughout the command. It's so eclectic in nature. That said, could you kind of set the table for our uh, listeners uh, tuning in for your overall perspective from your chair uh, before we dive into the specific areas of the center that are shaping and will be shaping the future of the command? Sure, as they say, the floor is yours. Okay. Hey, uh, thank you very much and good afternoon, Wayne. I uh, appreciate this opportunity. Uh, for not only me, but also some of these critical players in the OSI Center, uh, giving us the opportunity to talk about some of the vital support missions of the OSI Center. Yes, sir. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to start by talking about the transformation of the center and why we refer to it as the OSI Center. You started mm-hmm. off by saying uh, the icon, uh, right. but Brigadier General Bullard, uh, of course, the OSI commander, has referred to our command, the Center of Gravity because we provide strategic support to the command's full spectrum criminal fraud and counterintelligence mission across the globe. Uh, We also inform Air Force and space leaders on the significant investigations, operations, uh, and or activities to the OSI commander and the TIG. And finally, to to execute the uh, strategic counterintelligence and cyber operations. We do all of this in support of 300 plus you know, globally separated units posted across the globe. Mm -hmm. You know, when I joined the organization about 20, 25 plus years ago, uh, I joined an organization where the watch was where everybody called to. And, uh, and of course, the watch was made of a much more smaller group of, of uh, contingent folks that were uh, doing something similar, but many of us would call uh, to the watch if we had some sort of significant investigation that we're initiating uh, sometimes homicide, suicide, you know, large scale investigations or something that required media attention. Right. Um, formed on what was going on across the globe. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, the icon was sort of uh, started in about the 2006, 2007 timeframe when they added many more um, uh, intelligence specialists and, uh, and agents to that, uh, to have a better oversight of what was going on across the, uh, the entire command, um, as far as investigations that were being initiated and the support to those, those cases, mm-hmm. both in the CI and criminal. Um, and then you mentioned in 2018, uh, the merger of what was the icon and, uh, region seven. And that's when, uh, the command really started to, uh, expand its mission and transition its mission and grow uh, to a much larger organization that's now 650 plus personnel 
Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, if you recall about that time, the national defense strategy uh, in 2018 came out. And uh, when General Bullard took over, it was the uh, OSI we need, right? Uh, to, Correct. To yeah. plan for the future. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, that expanded and grew uh, the, the not only the mission, but even the personnel uh, within the center to what it is today. And so, um, so we're a much different organization than we were when I first started out and what it's transitioned to be. And, uh, and if, you know, you had, a uh, a speaker, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago talked about, um, the national or the, uh, the NSDs, the national security detachments and Spartan Citadel, right. those have expanded our missions. The Spartan ACE has expanded our mission, uh, the, the domestic violent extremist um, uh, uh, issue has expanded our mission. Sexual assaults have expanded our mission. Mm-hmm. There's there's many many things that have transcended over the last year that expand our mission. And so now, uh, you know, from what used to be agents to special intelligence uh, analysts uh, assigned to us, now we have behavioral um, science um, psychologists. Uh, We've got lawyers, um, uh, also contractors, um, defenders. Uh, we've got a, a number of a, a diverse um, functionals that work within the center and all the way down to the field mm-hmm. uh, that's within the center. So, again, as I, as I said earlier, you know, the general calls us the center of gravity where all things across the command he's able to reach out to through the center and also for that support uh, for the folks in the field back through the center. Mm-hmm. And informing all of our senior leaders across uh, the globe, uh, again, senior leaders uh, and our folks in the field. So when you consider all that together, uh, this is why we refer to ourselves as the OSI Center and have, at least within the center, no longer call ourselves the ICON because we've transcended and transformed and we're a different organization uh, and a support capability to the field than what we were before. So right. I, I'll leave it at that. And, uh, and I think some of the topics that you're going to talk about today with pieces of this, uh, the center that have grown over the last uh, uh, several years are also very critical, not only to what's going on today, but also to the commander of OSI and some of the things that he's talking to, to region commanders. So um, with that, I'll, I'll leave it to see if you got anything else to, to ask, but, um, but sorry for the, the, the long, uh, uh, explanation, but I thought it was important for people to understand why we we refer to ourselves as the OSI Center and yes, uh, really no longer the ICON. Yes, sir. No problem there. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a major challenge for the center uh, uh, being as as eclectic uh, as you just mentioned, Major Morris. I'd like to bring you in now, if we could, ma'am, and uh, talk a little bit about the uh, behavioral threat assessment cell, or what's known as the BTAC team, uh, BTAC. Uh, ma'am, exactly. Who makes up the team, and uh, what did they encounter in 2021? And uh, uh, if you could briefly uh, give us an overview of that uh, that team and what their outlook is for the rest of this year. Sure, Wayne. Well, well, thanks for having me. And Colonel Taylor, thanks for inviting me to talk about the BTAC team. Um, so who makes up the team? The OSI BTAC is consisted of intelligence specialists or an analyst. We have special agents and investigative psychologists. The BTAC team has specialized training, experience, and education in behavioral threat assessment and management. Our specific mission is to support the field in managing situations where an individual has been identified as being a potential targeted violence threat. Now, targeted violence is a specific type of violence where the perpetrator 
typically exhibits warning behaviors prior to an act of violence, which is why this type of violence can be prevented using the behavioral threat assessment approach. Mm -hmm. Now, the behavioral threat assessment approach is basically an evidence-based method to identify, assess, and manage individuals who are exhibiting concerning behavior along the pathway to violence in order to prevent an actual act of violence or serious disruption. Mm-hmm. And, and so BTAC was stood up uh, in the center at 2019, but we only had full-time, one full-time member until 2021, and that was me. Uh, but last year, uh, last year BTAC, we were able to increase our support and capability to the field due to the onbo- uh, onboarding of Manning. We had special agents and intelligence specialists come on board. And so we basically consult with field offices all over the globe, wherever OSI is, and we can provide our expertise, our expert behavioral threat assessments, and we can recommend investigative steps as well as specific mitigation and management strategies to help our field units and our other law enforcement partners confront potential targeted violence threats. Um, and in 2021, also uh, OSI BTAC, we supported uh, approximately 70 different cases, uh, and we helped enable the field to effectively prevent and mitigate violence and serious disruption. Wow, uh, that, that fantastic. Uh, uh, never a dull moment in the BTAC, I would guess, ma'am. <laughs> no, sir. We, we handle a lot of different interesting situations. And with that, also in 2021, we were able to get a consultation contract with an international behavioral threat assessment expert, which enhanced our team's capability uh, to help the field and also develop training and educational products for the field. And so a couple of the the bigger things that we did in the last year, couple years, uh, the BTAC team, along with OSI Insider Threat, we were instrumental in the Secretary of Defense's stand-down day to educate DOD personnel on the threat posed by extremist activity. Also in 2021, we supported the entire Department of the Air Force in creating that playbook that commanders uh, used as part of that extremism uh, stand-down day. Uh, We've also participated in a number of DOD-level workshops and conferences as subject matter experts. And um, and for the rest of 2022, we're going to continue on that path, continue to grow. Uh, We're going to be able to support more cases uh, than we did in 2021, especially as more and more agents and field units uh, learn about our capabilities. And then also in 2021, I want to point out that we're going to have our first ever OSI Threat Management Coordinator course, which this is going to further evolve OSI's capability to safely manage potential targeted violent threats. Uh, in addition, we're going to be publishing tons of educational products for the field on targeted violence and topics related to targeted violence. And then we're going to continue to work with our partners at headquarters uh, in the OSI Academy to develop training on targeted violence at all levels of agent training. Wow. No, no doubt. It's going to be a busy, a very busy 2022 for the BTAG team, ma'am. Thank you so much for that input. Really appreciate it. Uh, Special Agent Perez, I'd like to bring you in now, sir. Uh, Major Morris briefly alluded to uh, insider threat. Uh, As far as the insider threat and threat response division teams, who comprises uh, those groups and uh, what were some of their more significant uh, accomplishments uh, in 2021? Sure. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Also, thanks, Colonel Tilo, for inviting me here. Uh, So the threat response division includes the OSI insider threat team, the threat awareness team, BTAC, and the OSI watch. 
Uh, we're comprised of active duty and civilian intelligence specialists, agents, an investigative psychologist, Doc Morris, uh, and some 1C3 Charlie uh, command post controllers. So we serve basically as a command and control node for all of OSI. Our primary mission is to ensure timely delivery of accurate threat and incident information for situational awareness across all levels, um, whether it be field, region, or whatever. We try to go top to bottom as much as possible so everyone's aware of what's going on. But in exigent circumstances, we might contact the field directly. Mm-hmm. So just to highlight a couple of things that we did in 2021, uh, the entire team ran 24-7 operations when the 6th of January occurred to support identifying any DOD-affiliated personnel who were involved with the event. And then the team also played a significant role in supporting uh, Operation Allies Welcome, validating requests for evacuation that uh, we received from both Americans and allies to help during the Afghan refugee resettlement efforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, those are two very uh, uh, big uh, world events. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Agent Perez. Uh, that was uh, uh, very informative. Uh, now let's uh, bring in Mr. Walker, uh, one of the uh, real busy folks uh, at, uh, in the center. Uh, Mr. Walker, welcome aboard again. And uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the high-tech crime team. Uh, who exactly are they and uh, what did they encounter in support uh, in 2021, sir? You bet. Thanks, Wayne, for the invite and the chance to talk about some of the things that are ongoing uh, with the law enforcement mission. Mm-hmm. So the, the high-tech crime team is really a compilation of digital forensic consultants and digital operations. I think most in OSI understand what DSCs do to support criminal and counterintelligence investigations operations. Uh, really, they're there to provide on-scene support or telephonic support on execution of search warrants and authorities. And they're really awesome to identify, collect, process, and analyze digital evidence found in evidence that has been collected by our agents. The digital operations piece is really new, uh, is a new program to the law enforcement division, and it's designed to really assist the field in detect, collect, and exploit technology-facilitated crimes in both the open internet and the dark web. This new capability has shown its worth in numerous high-vis cases uh, where traditional leads were scarce. In this last year, digital operations have paired with detachments to ID subjects of child exploitation. They've worked cases where... uh, Information has been leaked online, um, and they've identified the individuals who have threatened to take the lives of others while they themselves have uh, hidden behind the web. Mm-hmm. I think this capability is going to continue to transform to meet the needs of OSI today and tomorrow. I see. Very well. Very well put. Uh, staying with you, Mr. Walker, uh, uh, could you briefly tell us a little bit about the uh, fraud investigations branch and the economic crimes team? Uh, what is the latest on the emergence of what we've heard about as far as the installation fraud working groups across the Air Force and Space Force? And uh, how will the uh, branch and team of OSI empower them in uh, 2022? So, Wayne, back in July of 2021, General Bullard signed a memo partnering with contracting the Air Force judge advocate um, to enhance information sharing, increase awareness uh, of potential areas of vulnerability of fraud, and to uh, coordinate our ongoing investigative activities through the installation fraud working group. Mm-hmm. Since that time, the law enforcement division fraud and corruption branch have been uh, working pretty hard to develop products that will help our field units understand the different fraud schemes mm-hmm. and how to na- navigate their way through these complex areas um, and be successful really in contract fraud cases, which are pretty complex. Right, right. These large, these large visualizations have been mailed out to individual units, emailed to criminal SMEs uh, in the different regions. 
and uh, they're posted to the uh, fraud and corruption uh, SharePoint site. And uh, to as we move forward, um, we've really pivoted the branch so that it stands ready to assist uh, basically any fraud unit, any unit out in the field um, with action officers, analysts, investigative operation consultant. And they're all willing to provide consults either over the phone or to travel out to the different locations. Wow. Obviously, it sounds like partnerships are a major part of uh, fraud investigations and economic crimes. No doubt about that. Uh, again, Mr. Walker, uh, let's go for three for three here. Uh, moving on to the criminal investigations division. Uh, what is the progress made by what we uh, in OSI know as the Joint Base Enforcement Task Force or uh, JBET? Uh, in general terms, what is the JBET for our uh, novice listeners out there to the show? And uh, how many engagements uh, have there been since uh, its inception? Sure. Wayne, as you know, OSI and security force units are busy all the time. And frankly, there's just not enough bandwidth to cover all the needs that the DAF has uh, for criminal investigation. Mm -hmm. The JBET concept was created to address these gaps by bringing together OSI and security forces personnel to investigate criminal activity of interest to both agencies, allowing OSI to collect valuable and criminal intelligence, such as narcotics trafficking or fraud indicators, without opening a substantive case file, unless, of course, it meets our threshold. Uh That gives us a huge amount of flexibility in reducing the administrative burden, while also ensuring criminal issues don't fall through the cracks. It also backs up security forces in more complex cases by cross-pollinating investigative tools and resources that do not exist in the security forces portfolio. Right, Wayne, right. Wayne, you asked about how many of these have occurred since inception. Yeah. You know, that's really difficult to quantify. If there's a ballpark. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's better to, to discuss the struggle. Okay. And that is OSI and security forces are engaged every day. Right. I think, I think the balance that we seek is really what to document for OSI retention. Mm-hmm. Remember, one of the goals is to reduce the administrative burden. And we do that by maintaining the bar on what cases we should be running versus what security forces should take. It's outlined in the matrix. So the first thing to consider is jurisdiction. If Is it something that security forces should be running? If it's OSI's case, then we're in penny for pound, of course. Right. The next next consideration should be, uh, should OSI retain the intelligence gain for future exploitation And finally, the last consideration is, have we expended significant amount of resources uh, from OSI standpoint? Right. It sounds like there's many spokes on this wheel, Mr. Walker. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. I, you know, it's something that we do um, all the time. It's, you know, Colonel Tila said he's been in a long time. Uh, We coordinate with security forces. We work these joint investigations all the time. It's really about pushing back to security forces some of the things that traditionally they should be doing and opening up that bandwidth for the new investigations and new areas that we're focused on, like DVE, targeted violence, Mm -hmm. uh, and some of the new uh, emerging threats. Yes, it sounds definitely OSI is, uh, as are the, the challenges continually evolving around the world, uh, globe, uh, OSI is continuing to evolve as well, Mr. Walker. Thank you so much for uh, uh, giving us kind of that blueprint of uh, those various divisions. Uh, Colonel Tilo, I'd like to bring you in, sir, uh, to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, if we can, sir. Uh, before we do wrap up our program, is there anything else that you'd like to add, sir? Uh, yes, thanks a lot, Wayne. Uh, you know, as you listen to... Um, 
and my team talk about some of the things that we've done over the last year or last couple of years, um, I kept hearing transition and pivot. And, you know, when you think about General Brown's Accelerate, Change and Lose, there's one thing that I'll, I'll tell you that 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 is um, that we've been capable of doing within uh, within the center. And that is as the landscape and environment changes around us, both on the counterintelligence, uh, criminal and fraud side, um, we also make those pivots and transitions. And so uh, I, I wanted to highlight at least one program that we just got through uh, getting the general's approval on okay. uh, transitioning and, and reassessing. And so, of course, as Iraq and Afghanistan uh, ended mission, uh, you know, our AST, our anti-terrorism specialty team, and believe me, we're working on the change of that name. But you think about the national defense strategy again, as I said, 2018 has changed. And then also uh, the new one in 22, mm -hmm. uh, we've competition has, has been the highlight of, uh, of those, um, of those national defense strategies. Right. And so, uh, we also have transitioned and, and gone back and look at reassess the AST mission and, uh, much more focus on competition now. Uh, we're still a QRF or a rapid uh, deployment force for the commander right. uh, for things that he and there's a criteria of what he, he believes we should fulfill. And a lot of that's emerging threats, catastrophic uh, incidents. Um, and then we've dedicated ourselves to AFSOC and again, remaining in the competition space, uh, which is something that we weren't doing before. We were sort right. of supporting AFSOC, but it is now a dedicated mission. And then also continuing to support the, uh, the third piece of that is support to exercises and ACE, uh, Spartan ACE, which, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mostly is, is within region two, region five and, uh, and region six. Right, um, right. so that's, that's something that, again, that's just brand new and, and emerging, uh, that I wanted to highlight, but I think the key is, is that, uh, the center, although it's a busy place and I'll tell you, I rely on, some of the great people uh, and seasoned folks like uh, like we have with um, with Doc Morris and uh, Mr. Walker and uh, and the rest of our TRD team, uh, we couldn't do this with these sort of pivots and change without the kind of seasoned leadership and, uh, and experience these guys have. So uh, with that, I'll, I'll end there um, and see if you've got any other questions. No, sir. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Obviously, uh, when I grew up in the Air Force, uh, they said flexibility is the key to air power, and flexibility certainly is a uh, uh, a watchword uh, within the uh, OSI community as well. Uh, sir, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, our guests have been the commander of the OSI Center, Colonel Vasanga Tilo, the Associate Director for the Law Enforcement Division, Mr. Mark Walker, Insider Threat Division Special Agent Christopher Perez, and Investigative Psychologist Major Heather Morris. Folks, thank you all again for taking the time to be with us. It was great to, to chat with all of you. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now. <laughs>